Hey, all you intrepid architects out there. If you believe design can change the world, then you've found your humans here on this show, Architecting. My name is Angela Mazzi, and I'm an architect and career coach who's figured out how to live my passion while claiming a successful architecture career and lifestyle. This show is about the architect as a person and will help you bypass the status quo traps in our profession while teaching you how to make an impact in your career. We need to stand in our power as architects and use our skills to make great places. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Hello there, architecting. It's time we talked about time. Last week, I did an Instagram poll and I asked what made you feel the most overwhelmed and there were three possible choices. One was too much work, two was balancing work and family, and three was a hundred little things. And the hands down winner was a hundred little things. And when you think about that, it's really not surprising because time in and of itself is just a made-up construct we use to navigate a world. It's a superimposed structure. It doesn't really exist. So in that sense, and not to get all metaphysical and woo-woo on you, but time really is elastic. When you stop thinking of it as linear and think about it more as cyclical or even simultaneous, you could start to manage the way all those little things are dragging you down and be not only more efficient with how you get things done, but put a lot less agony into having great ideas. Hopefully I got you on the edge of your seats with that one and you're going, tell me more, tell me more. The truth about being a creative, as all of you know, is that your brain is always on. The more you want to solve a problem, the better you will do if you stop thinking about it and you just expose yourself to different experiences different ways of thinking. And all of a sudden, your brain kind of starts to connect the dots and come up with a truly innovative solution. On the other hand, if you say, this is how we do it, this is the process, this is how it goes, and you're banging your head against the wall and iterating and iterating and iterating and saying, I don't know the answer and that didn't work, you're wasting your time, which in our culture, which is very much about devaluing your time and never believing that you could intuitively arrive at the right answer quickly, it's hard to buy that, right? You think, oh my gosh, I didn't put enough time, right? How often do we say that? Into working on this. So it can't possibly be good can't possibly be the right solution. So you keep on grinding away. And in the end, whether what you produced was as good as if you put less time in, eh, that's debatable. But what's not debatable is the amount of time that you spent doing it. 
time you'll never get back. Time that could have been spent doing oh so many other things on your to-do list. Or maybe enjoying life. So how do we break free from this tendency we have to waste our own time because we are not placing a value on it and give ourselves the breathing room that we need to really be brilliant? We have a tendency to frame things in a way that creates obstacles for us. We decide before we even start something that it's going to be hard. We say things like, oh, I got a lot of work to do, or oh, this project is killing me. Just by our language, we're telling ourselves that this is going to take a lot of time, that it's going to be difficult. And I understand some tasks are more complex than others. I'm not trying to minimize that. But as my dad used to always say, a task will expand to the time allotted to it. So if you decide that something is hard and painstaking, you can certainly spend a whole lot of time doing it, or you can do what I call testing. And it's kind of an easing in process. Rather than start down a whole decision tree worth of activity, and at the end say, huh, does this work or not? It's much better to work very high level early on. And at that very high level, introduce a concept, get feedback, and adjust and keep going in that manner. A lot of this comes from design thinking. You've probably heard the phrase fail early, fail often. And this is a little bit of an adaptation of that idea. Sometimes we actually do too much work. And by doing too much work, we don't give others the chance to take ownership of what we're doing. And a perfect, perfect example of this is with clients. So many times when I prepare for meetings, what I'm really doing is saying, what information do I need to walk away from this meeting having? What I show them isn't important. It's the information I get back that has value to me. So I can draw all kinds of stuff and annotate it and spend a whole lot of time. Or I could draw a simple diagram and get the same information. And there's a time and a place for a more complicated rendering or detailed floor plan. But at that high level, in that testing stage, when all you want is to help your client think differently about how they do things and to facilitate innovation so that you get the clear direction you need to keep developing the project, you actually don't want to show a whole lot. And you want what you do show to be very simple, very high level, so that they can immediately understand it, not get lost in the weeds, and you walk away from that meeting with useful, actionable data, not a debate on how the housekeeping staff doesn't do their job, which is usually when you show too much detail too early what the conversation can degenerate to. The other thing 
I like to do with clients is to set up a framework for their input. So it's sort of like a fill in the blank kind of a thing. You have to spend the time to say, what is the critical information I need? But you're not trying to figure out the answers to it. You are facilitating that as a conversation. That's a whole lot less work, a whole lot more meaningful to your client, and it gives you better information at the end than when you try to do too much. And I've had this work in our office as well. When we have high-level meetings of our entire team and we want to work through something, it's much better to set up the framework and let people participate and fill in the blanks than it is to talk at them and give them a bunch of ready-made solutions and saying, well, do you agree with this or not? Do you like it? That's not meaningful. Most people kind of shut down at that point and you either get critique of things that are not relevant to what you want to learn or a kind of half-hearted agreement which isn't terribly useful or helpful either. What's worse is you don't have buy-in. So nobody's really invested in the solution and you might go on and do even more work continuing to build on a really shaky foundation. And I don't want you to do that. The next step in really bending time is to trust that the answer will come when it needs to come. And that's really counterintuitive to architects. We panic if we don't think we've done enough work. We panic if we think we haven't given a hundred options all thought out with pros and cons next to them all. One thing I have learned to do in trusting myself is some nights I might need to work late to set things up, get things in order, and some nights I need to go to bed early. And I can't tell you how many times all of a sudden it hits me. I'm on my way to a team meeting I don't have what I thought I needed to have ready. And I'm literally gonna get there maybe 20 minutes before the meeting start. And all of a sudden it hits me. This is the framework. And I bring it to the meeting, work through it with the team and everybody says, that was the best meeting we ever had. Now, I don't want you to think that being lazy is gonna pay dividends because it never will. What I want you to see here is that work doesn't always look like you sitting at your computer burning the midnight oil. Remember what I said, as creatives, we never stop thinking about the problem. And I know on this show, I've talked a lot about how neuroscience works and how our brain is really like a giant search engine. We know that our senses take in exponentially more data than we can consciously be aware of or process. So our search engine brain filters it for us. So what we are aware of is based on what we're looking to find. We also know our brain stores things in memory. And sometimes we can't remember it, but it doesn't mean the information is gone. When you take those moments to stop quote unquote working 
meaning sitting at your computer, burning yourself out, and go do something else, whether it's rest and restorative and fun, or it's just something else you need to do so you don't have anxiety running a loop and siphoning off your energy and keeping chatter in your head, all of a sudden you have just freed your brain to connect the dots, to use all the data that's coming in in a different way, to mine memories, to make connections, to find synergies, that you would never have thought of if you were just grinding away at your desk. Same amount of time, right? But you got more done. And what you got done was better than the stuff you would have gotten done if you slogged away at it. However, most of us don't trust ourselves. We don't trust our creativity, so we punish ourselves. That punitive thinking about our time having no value, our quality of life not getting to come first because of the work is really sad because the work will always be there. I mean, you hope the work will always be there. If you didn't have the work, we'd all be in trouble, but The work doesn't have to be the end-all, be-all for you to do the work well. As we think about what does that mean for time to be elastic, it's really about reallocating your activities, giving yourself more freedom to make connections, and trusting that you'll get there. Have you ever been at a party and you see someone that you know you know and you can't remember their name, right? And you start trying to force your brain to do it. What is that person's name? How do I know them? And it doesn't happen. That kind of forcing of memory, forcing of connections almost never works. It just kind of makes a bigger and bigger block. But when You just let your brain flow and you say, it's okay if I don't remember them right now. All of a sudden, how many times has this happened to you? Their name just pops right into your head because you weren't forcing it. And it's the same thing with your creativity. It's the same thing with how you use time. You can force and force and force and burn up hours of the day doing it and have no fun while your brain shuts down literally on you, or you can walk away and reallocate those same hours to something else while your brain makes connections behind the scenes. And then when you're in the shower or taking a walk or making dinner, the brilliant solution will come to you. Last thing I want to leave you with, and we continue to ponder time and how to get more of it with the same amount of hours that there are in a day, is the idea of busyness. And y'all have heard me go off on busyness and how it is such a myth, a lie you tell yourself because you make time for the things that matter and excuses for everything else. We know this. However, when you put in your head that you're busy, you actually create a certain cognitive fatigue. And in that cognitive fatigue, 
Are you remembering to send a thank you note to a colleague who helped you out with something? Are you remembering to congratulate a client on a promotion they just got? Are you even aware that that happened? Because to be aware would mean you actually took time to read articles in the news or check your social media feeds. But no, no, no. You are too busy. So see, when you're busy, not only are you dragging yourself down and walking away from opportunities, which we've talked about on quite a few previous episodes of Architecting, but you're also shutting down these little micro activities that pay big dividends, that show people you were paying attention to them because you can't take a break. You're too busy. You can't read that email. It's not directly related to the project deadline you have. You can't take time to respond to this. You're too busy. You'll get to it later. And of course, later you have completely forgotten about it or it's too late. The opportunity has gone by. All right, let's sum it all up here. When we talk about time is elastic, it doesn't mean that there's more hours in the day. It means you get to reallocate how you spend them so that you are letting your brain do work in the background on a major problem while you work on something else that doesn't require a lot of mental work. It means you're lowering your anxiety level by taking care of things that need to be done. It means you are giving yourself permission to not have all the answers, to ask more questions and better questions and set up a framework for discussion, being very strategic about what you need to learn at a meeting rather than how much information you can bombard someone with at that meeting. Having a dialogue, not a monologue. And finally, start consciously using language to empower yourself to have it be easy because it can be easy. Again, some things are more complex than others, may take longer, may require more focused attention, but that doesn't make them hard and it doesn't ever make you too busy. I hope that this helped you think about time a little differently. You notice I never once said schedule or calendar or to-do list. Instead, it's how you think about how you're working, how you think about the resource of time, not the hours you think you need to spend. If you are enjoying this podcast, please like and give us a great review. I will read your reviews on the air. I really appreciate it. I also appreciate any messages you want to send me directly to give me feedback about the show, request topics. You can go through Instagram and direct message me, or you can email me at Angela at architectingpodcast.com. Stop by Clubhouse. Would love to have you in one of the rooms I do each week. 
and have you get to be part of that conversation as well. Take care for now, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for being part of this episode of Architecting. If you enjoyed the show, join our community on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn to keep up with what's in the show pipeline, including a behind-the-scenes look at my architecture lifestyle. Feel free to share your content ideas. Love to hear your feedback. You can also visit architectingpodcast.com to download free career content and learn about my classes, book, and coaching programs. Until next time, stay inspired.